Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good tidings, salutations, hello, welcome to Generational Archives. It is the show where we connect, heal, uncover, reveal, explore, laugh a little bit through intergenerational conversations and archival research. I'm Dr. Reina J. Leon. I am your scholar, the daughter of this mother-daughter team. Also, we just had a fantastic laugh, so I am super goofy, and we'll talk about more about that in just a moment. And I'm with Dr. Norma D. Thomas. How are you going to introduce yourself today, Mommy? Well, I'm the mother of the mother-daughter duo. That's all I have to say today. That's hilarious. Okay, so you bought a building. You bought a building, and so we're going to talk about that excitement soon permanent exhibition space for the traveling museum no longer traveling is coming but before we get to that we have our check-in question as always and today i did the googling i found some good questions and the one that we're going to go with is what do people most misunderstand about you well there are several things one people think i'm very this very formal laid back, not laid back, very formal, conservative person. Uh, I think they think I never have any fun or anything <laughs> and that maybe I don't even laugh. So that is certainly not true. And they also think that I probably never get mad because <laughs> there are a lot of things that I will let go, not react to, but what some people have observed about me is I can take a lot and then when I get mad, I am very mad. I don't let it go real easy and um, yeah, I'm probably not the person you want to get to that point. I've never cussed anybody out because if I was going to be at that point, I would leave a room or leave the situation, I'm sure, but, but I, you know, the, the other thing is, once I get that mad at a situation or an individual, then I'm done with you. And there's not much you can do to reverse that. So when I'm done, I'm done. Mm. And I think there was a third thing, but maybe when you talk about yours, oh, they, they also think uh, I'm very outgoing because I'm in a profession mm. of being a social worker and I'm also a college professor and I do a lot of training that would make people think I'm very outgoing, but actually I'm quite the introvert. So I am not the person that seeks out conversations. I'm not like my son and my daughter and my husband who talk to people at the gas station or at the, <laughs> at the counter and talk to them about their days and how they're, that, that is so not me. So I'm very different than the rest of my, uh, my children and my husband in that respect. Yeah, I'm the person who, if if I ask you, oh, how are you doing today? And you take a little bit too long to respond, I'll be like, oh, no, what is going on? <laughs> how can I help you? It doesn't matter that I'm talking to the receptionist at my doctor's office. <laughs> We're going to take some time. So, yeah, for me, the misunderstandings is, oh, well, I, know, I also want to comment on what you said around, like, Oh, I don't have much fun. Yeah, I remember the wedding that we went to. My um, my play brother um, Clifton, his wedding, and his, his uncle Winston was there from Jamaica, 
And mommy, you were on the dance floor just leading this floor, right? And of course you're dressed formally because we're at a wedding. And Uncle Winston was like, yo, that's your mom. <laughs> I was like, yes, that is my he mother. He calls me his dance partner. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So mommy will definitely lead, take over the dance floor, knows all the line dances and so on. Um, so for me, the misunderstandings are um, that especially people who have read my work and my poetry, my fiction, my nonfiction, scholarly work, whatever it is, they're like, oh, she's like so formal and, and so grieving and has this profundity of emotion and, and is so deep and reflective and so on. And they forget, yes, I'm, I'm all those things and I am a goofball. I will talk to you about zombies and vampires and also the misfunctioning of um, dysfunction within our educational systems, like all in the same conversation. And that's where we're going to go. My mind is really expansive and quirky and weird. Um, yeah, I just had a, a gig over in Texas, Texas A&M. And in the conversation about how... Oh, Afro-Latinidad or Boricua identities and so on. I'm talking about history and language and culture. And I'm also talking about like, who's on your zombie apocalypse team. It's all together. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a big goofball. And definitely afterwards I was like, I hope somebody recorded that because um, it truly gives a sense of, of how quirky I am. Uh, the other thing that people misunderstand about me is that I I don't know that I'm far gentler than I really am. So I have negotiated a lot of um, institutional spaces and I'm very good at, at negotiating hostile situations and demonstrating diplomacy and hearing all sides. But I think that sometimes misunderstand, people misunderstand and they think that I don't have a razor edge to me. They forget that I am from Philadelphia. <laughs> And my people are loyal and um, communal and inventive and creative. And we are also um, razor sharp with our wit and with our ability. They forget that you're a Leon. And that too, that too. Leons go from zero to 100 in, in a second. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I have learned over the years to generally tell people, I think you want to stop now. Because if you keep going, I will not be responsible for your feelings when I respond. So, um, and I've definitely been in some situations where folks kept pushing and pushing and pushing. The next thing you know, I, I've warned them and they're just in a puddle of tears and, I, and I'd be the one, I told you. Um, so, you know, negotiate, handle your own feelings. <laughs> We're just going to move on. <laughs> so folks, uh, uh, misunderstand that I can negotiate some situations with with patience and grace, but only so far because I'm not a pushover. Um, so yeah, those two things. So now we're going to switch to a building. So if you've been following, you know that we've been talking about a building for a while. And one of our conversations was in our recording space here. And mom, you were like, Raina, what am I doing? I've been thinking about this for a year. And should I do this? You know, get a permanent space. And I was like, 
mommy, why not? <laughs> Are you worried about my our inheritance? And you were like, um, you're not getting anything. What are you talking about? Like, there's no inheritance. <laughs> And I was like, so are you worried? Like, are you? do you have some health information you need to sh share with me? Are you going to die sometime soon? Because, and you're like, no, no, I'm, I'm pretty healthy. Like, I'm controlling all my things. And, and I was like, mommy, what's holding you back? Because you, you're a gerontologist. You work with elders, people who are in their 90s and above who are doing amazing things on boards and, and leading organizations and so on. Like, you're just 70. <laughs> you got a lot of time to create an institution. And I think that that changed the, the opening of, okay, I think we can do this. Her, her, her specific question, are you telling me you're getting ready to die soon? <laughs> and I was like, well, no, I didn't say that. I'm just hesitating about jumping into this whole stratosphere of having another property. But we did buy the property mm -hmm. last week and um, from Thursday to Monday, we spent the time. It's an old building. It turns out to be the, the, uh, the, the former home of one of my teachers that we all happen to like. So we bought that former home. It is now ours. My husband has said I've dragged him in the debt, but... <laughs> but but we have the building, we're cleaning it, needs a lot of work, but, but anyone who knows me, one truth about me is as much as I complain about having too much to do, if I didn't have too much to do, I, I would probably be sick or something happened to me because I just figure I don't have time to be sick. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so I don't talk, even when I don't feel well, I don't talk about not feeling well because... I realize I, I have to keep going. That's what maintains me physically and psychologically is having way too much to do, complaining about it the whole time. So we have this building. We're going to go back in a couple of weeks and start painting and doing what we need to do. And my brother's on board with looking at this building and telling me what I need to do, but we'll get him to do some work. And we have some visions. One reason for buying this was because with the traveling museum and trying to haul all that material back and forth, that was starting to be too much. So this will be the permanent space. Although I still envision having a traveling component so you can pick up and take that, but it would be there already mm -hmm. and you wouldn't have to do anything but put it in the car versus bringing it back across the state and hauling it upstairs and those kinds of things. So it'll continue with that component, but this is a house and it's not a commercial space, although the area is zoned commercial, so we won't have any difficulties there. But it's going to be fashioned if you, in the Philadelphia area, and you have gone to the Color Girls Museum in Germantown or the Paul Robinson a museum in West Philadelphia, which was his former home, then it is a home that's going to be used as a museum space. So it can be used for other things that we're trying to envision, like a bookstore or a residency place or a meeting space for a community organization. So it can be other things, but it is, is fashioned after those um, spaces here in Philadelphia. Well, and so that's part two of the opening practice of thinking about um, when it will it officially open. You were looking at Black History Month and 
part of what you just mentioned in a really long list, but of some of the programming ideas and possibilities, whether office space, bookstore. So I went through a lot of the collection of my books. <laughs> I've already got a ton ready to go. Well, the interesting thing is as soon as I said I was getting this building, every one of my siblings talked about what they could give me to put in this space. So everybody's just chomping at the bit to fill this space. I don't think I'm going to have to buy much of anything except display kind of materials because other things my family is looking to divest themselves of things <laughs> if anything I'm going to have to say no we don't need that that's right so you need to have a list of like wh who's offering what what's the quality of that thing and discern which ones you actually want to take into the space because when it comes to bookshelves I got the bookshelves when it comes to pants I got the pants when it comes to futon I got the futon I'm ready to clear my out my brother said he still has the armoire that was in my mm. parents bedroom and he was going to get rid of it this is before I bought the building and it's like nope it's coming uh, you know a few streets over just he said well I'm going to get get it refinished mm -hmm. and I said yes that's mine and we will find a good use for it mm -hmm. so and and we've talked about an artist corner because yeah. you know my brother is is a good painter and we have some other material that's been donated so and I envision you know changing this exhibit periodically and and the, the nice thing about this house it does have some storage space upstairs so you literally could have things that are permanent and then others that you swap out. And and one of the things also was that people started taking me up on, you know, if you see something you have but you don't really want it but you want a space for it, then yeah. donate it. And so they're doing that. And the more they do that, then the less I was going to be able to house those materials mm -hmm. somewhere because I just was not going to be able to keep hauling this back and forth or even having it in my, my place of residence here in the Philadelphia area. Mm -hmm. So this is now a, a great space that has, I think, a wonderful future. Well, and the other thing about the space is that it is located in the East End right. and just a few blocks away from the East End um, United Commu uh, Community Center. And so that allows for an instant connection to a community hub where there can be partnership between programming, um, between activities, perhaps our office space that might be able to be extended there. Um, the, um, the community center is, is now in a capital campaign. And so they're about to um, extend their building. But in between time, they're also still bursting at the seams. So it's an opportunity to um, support a long-standing community organization too. Yes, this is in the heart of the East End in Uniontown, Pennsylvania. This is where the majority of African Americans lived historically. If you've heard previous podcasts, when people would escape the, the um, folks that were hunting down the slaves, if they would escape into the East End, usually that meant that they were, were safe. And so one of the reasons that East End has the higher percentage of African-Americans in not only Uniontown, but Fayette County, Fayette County and Brownsville, which was also another spot on the Underground Railroad, is that people escaped in some state mm -hmm. and they didn't keep going north. So this is in the heart of that community. This will be where we do the walking tours and 
think about the whole concept of Afro-tourism for that area. Yeah, which is pretty significant um, to speak to the historical and the contemporary work of the African-American community in Fayette County, as well as Uniontown, and specifically the East End. So again, some of the programming that you mentioned was around a bookstore, and I asked you, is there a bookstore in Uniontown? And you said... No. <laughs> so, no bookstore. Um, and so this is, is there a museum in Uniontown? Well, yes, because the Historical Society does have a museum, mm. but anything to do with the African-American experience is sorely lacking in all of town. They, they, someone even started a walking tour, which mm -hmm. I thought had majorly been copied mm -hmm. off of my walking tour. But that tour includes none of the African-American community. Yeah. It's all the majority white history of that area. So clearly it's something that we need and the young people need because I have always been of the mind that when people don't know their culture, when they don't know their history, where they don't understand where they come from, they don't understand the legacy that has been granted to them, then unfortunately, they engage in negative behavior mm -hmm. and because they're not connected to the community they're just not connected and so we need to give them a sense of community belonging when when i was growing up and people my age maybe 20 years younger we all ha had a sense of community we were everybody's children and so we were all poor we were all in the same boat none of us were rich we were all poor but we all pulled together, we were all each other's relatives, whether we were relatives or not. And we looked out for each other. The churches were very predominant in the community. Now very few people belong to any of the churches. And it's a very different place and we need to bring all that back to the extent that we can. Yeah. And I think having the museum and having programming that young people can come to and say, oh, I didn't know this history mm -hmm. of, of this place. And I'm a part of it. I'm a part of and it. I'm and I'm a part of it. And I can add to it and I can learn more about it. So another part of the programming that you've already started is doing some work with the teachers at the East End to help them with developing the capacity to guide young people in interviewing their elders. So that's another extension possible extension of this of this space too. Yeah, we just did a training and looking at this grant op opportunity that East End was granted for, to have young people interview the elders in the community, specifically Af African-American elders, then I felt it was very important for all the teachers to have some grounding mm -hmm. in African-American culture because we we don't train people who are working with people in the community that often look different than them about the people they're working with and mm. assume some things which we should not assume. And so there's vital information that teachers need to know who are teaching young children that are from communities that they're not and how we can bridge that understanding and then how are the elders looked at in the community and then how do we get the young people to develop questions that they want to ask their elders and bridge that uh, generational gap as well that because I'm of the mind also that in order to transmit 
the cultural information, it's the elders who need to do it. Mm -hmm. And so we need to bring those two together. So I'm excited about that grant as well. So we just did that session on working with African-American families. And I hope and we plan to have this bookstore and one very specific strength of that bookstore because I am an educator and teacher educator are all these teacher books. So I hope that part of the bookstore can actually be a significant section on educational practice to support teachers who are developing their cultural capacities um, and cultural humility in connecting with folks, the, the students in their classrooms, and creating space for all the voices of their students and community members to be present. So the other thing that you we talked about briefly was about um, having artist residencies, which was something that you mentioned earlier briefly. So quiet as it's kept, my husband and I have uh, two spaces in Italy that we're just getting to the point of being able to offer as um, artist residencies for people of the global majority who are educators, healers, activists, um, organizers, um, to go and just be. <laughs> the, the goal is not necessarily to create something, although that is something that we hope that people are inspired to do, but for folks who have given so much to community, who are educators, who are healers, who are activists, and um, artists, of course, and sometimes it's difficult to find a place to just be like, you know what, I just need a place to rest to restore after doing all this work. And so the intention is to provide that space. The residencies are called Esperimento Sul Respiro, which is, uh, means experiment of breath or, or breath experiment. So the idea of being able to just breathe and be. And I love the idea we were talking about the possibility of having an artist in residence at the um, museum space because it is a home, it's a three bedroom home so there is space to host an artist for a week or two that would um, that person would have the opportunity to do their work, but also offer some workshops in connection with the community, perhaps with the East End United Community Center or um, another organization. But it's definitely an, an area of growth within the community of having artist workshops and opportunities for young people, elders, anyone within the community. Well, and... And also researchers. So yes. if it's not artists, researchers, I was just sent an email from someone who wanted to do some research on specifically John Wesley and mm. Zion Church in Uniontown. And so this would be a good opportunity for that person to talk to people in the community because it's hard if you don't know people in the right. community to come in and get access to a structure like John Wesley or some of the others. So this would be a way to get them that access to talk to people, to do some research and hope, hopefully they'll discover some things that none of us know about and uh, be able to transmit that to others, to do documentaries. Those things would just be wonderful for well, us to do. And for those who have been um, following along or perhaps missed it along the way, um, John Wesley Amy Zion Church was also known as the Freedom Church. It was a stop on the Underground Railroad and when folks who had achieved their freedom, which already was within them, a bell was rung from the top of the church to indicate that 
um, achievement throughout the whole community. So John West, uh, Wesley AME Zion Church is incredibly significant within the East End community, but also within African-American history itself. So to have researchers come and be able to be embedded within community and do that kind of research to make sure that that space is not lost is would be a wonderful contribution to the community and it's something that can be uh, done with it from this space. And just as an aside, uh, Reverend James Lawson, who was a confidant of Martin Luther King Jr.'s and is credited with instilling in him the concept of nonviolence, who is still living. His father was a pastor of, at John Wesley AME Zion Church. The Fayette County branch of Penn State University is in the process of honoring him and building a statue in his name. And that artist might be from this area, because I was just in a conversation with someone who they want me to meet this, this artist. And it would... And the East End United Community Center has just done a major grant that will prey on that they get to help renovate the church and also that steeple where that bell hung. Yes. They're trying to renovate that to get the bell rehung in the in the steeple. So those are projects we can probably dream about a million more. Mm -hmm. That but right now just think Clean it. <laughs> think about us because we are we've cleaned uh upstairs downstairs not touched the basement yet which is huge actually it's as big as the house ton of space in the basement for storage so we will get that renovated as well and then we start the whole painting and all those things you need to do in an old house before you can even begin to do anything but by february i'm hoping that we can open it up to people and that we could do our first exhibits so think about us and as you have things that you have always said that you'd like to do hmm. whatever your bucket list is just go do it yes just go do it because tomorrow is not promised mm -hmm. so at least um two of the things on my bucket list i i've done and that is i wanted to go to the continent of africa which i've done I wanted to go back and take piano lessons, which I'm doing because I take them every week uh, virtually. I haven't learned Spanish real well yet, no. so that's the other thing on my bucket list. And then this museum became a part of that list. So just keep adding to the bucket list, too. And yeah, because, you know, again, while you're here, keep adding. Yeah. I mean, why not? So don't put it off. Well, and the other thing that I'll add to our, our closing here is to dream around those who will affirm and celebrate and support um, and encourage the dream. So that's one thing that I know. I tell this story all the time where a long time ago, um, not, not a long time ago, like three years ago when you all first moved here, we were sitting around your dining room table and you were complaining and you were like, don't dream around Raina. Next thing you know, you <laughs> sell your house and you move across the state and you work at this job. And I was like, um, actually, I think you mean to say, yes, everyone should dream around Raina. Your goal was to move back to your hometown. Who helped you find that job? Raina. <laughs> and okay so i think that people would all your little complaining about oh next thing you know this happens everybody should want to dream around right now like so find
find people, whether it's Raina, me in particular, but find people who will celebrate, support, encourage your dreams. And you know, like if the dream is to go to space and a and a radio flyer, maybe not that one, but like maybe you write a book about it. I don't know. Um, so uh, try to not to surround yourself with the people who will crush them, who will they say, because wonderful things can happen when you mm -hmm. live in a space of dreams. And it's not just your own joy, but this is this building, this museum, the programming to come is a gift not only to you and to me and to uh, children, our, my children, but to the generations all around, our, our breathing ancestors, our ancestors who are have made their transition to history, to the future. So yeah, uh, find those who will encourage your dreams. And this museum, I hope, is a jumping off point for more of our genealogical research yes. because I think it will encourage people not only to find their whole roots, but to bring information about our history and what we are doing and what we are finding. So mm -hmm. as the whole podcast has been able to do. Yes. So so I encourage you to keep dreaming no matter how old you are or young. One last thing. We didn't reference um, Sarah Rafael Garcia and Libro Mobile, who is another influence on this work. She is an incredible digital humanities expert, community organizer, um, created Libro Mobile, started as just a, a little like um, books, uh, um, shelves connected to like a, a, a bicycle, then extended into a stairwell. She had her bookshop in a stairwell um, and then it expanded, extended into a warehouse garage space um uh, bigger and bigger each time and now it's um at the bristol swap meet if i remember correctly a mall in santa Ana, very rooted in the santa Ana community even her bathroom is beautiful <laughs> she she enlisted she she um uh partnered rather with a with an artist to do murals on canvas that cover the walls within the within the bathroom space and it's all focused on the community of santa Ana. And that even is something that we've talked about of how to um, create art, show art within the museum space and to make it portable. So there's so much inspiration from those around us, um, like, again, the Robeson Museum, the Colored Girls Museum from Libromobile that is influencing this. And we just want I would just want to uplift them, because if you're in those communities in Philadelphia or Santa Ana, or are yourself inspired to create a space, these are folks who in their origins, in their ethos, in their guiding principles, in their community investment um, are incredibly inspirational and committed and are such inspirations and lights to this practice too. So thank you all for listening again to Generational Archives. We hope that you will join us again if you like it like and subscribe wherever you are comment. listening. Comment. We'll respond to your comments. We do respond. And share the, the news, the idea, the dream with others. And we look forward to learning more about what you think um, in the comments or in our email. Thank y'all. Thank you. Bye -bye.